And we're back here on 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Max Frederick. Joining me here is Gideon. And we're going to be talking about Raging Bull here on Script to Screen. Gideon, uh, what were your first thoughts on this film? I first saw this maybe three, four years ago. Um, and, and I enjoyed it well enough. It's, um, you know, it's one of Scorsese's most famous works. It's number four on the American Film Institute's top 100 of all time. Um, it's it's a classic in every sense of the word. Um, but again, I, I wasn't exactly developed in terms of uh, understanding what cinema is, what cinema can do back then. So I, I thought it was fine. I, I thought it was just an interesting sports movie. I, I wasn't necessarily bored by it, but I also wasn't super captivated by it either um this time i think I, it fully deserves its its place maybe not that high but I, you can see why it's there um this is uh scorsese doing everything you expect scorsese to do um he's using cinema to its fullest capabilities um in ways that other directors just don't do um and i think it's just because like he he's just so in tune with every single little aspect of their production um uh and I think Thelma Schoomaker too, the the editor of this of this film, and most of Scorsese's films. Um, I think she really does have like ha- she does not get enough. She gets a lot of credit for Scorsese's success. I think she doesn't get enough, honestly. Like she is so um, such a huge part of this movie. Like the editing is probably the one of the best edited movies you've ever seen. Um, here, she also edited Shutter Island, coincidentally, but. Mm. Yeah, I that's my opening thoughts. I didn't, uh, I didn't find Raging Bull as uh, entertaining as as you did. It I never said I found it entertaining, or that never said that, or I. Well, okay, yeah, fair enough then. Uh, as uh, likable as as you seem, I don't to. think it's likable either. You don't think so? Huh? No, this is a very sad movie. I mean, did it? Yes, I would agree. It, it, absolutely, it, but it, I mean, it, it feels like you're getting punched in the face, and and it's designed to do that. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I didn't find it a super enjoyable experience. I, can I didn't en- find it a super enjoyable experience either. I can, but I, but I, I don't think it's a very good movie at all. Like, I don't, I, I've found it very boring, mostly for me. I don't think it has enough um, to keep you invested in its characters. As far as I, uh, this was my first ever watch of it. Yeah, and I just found it. Yeah, kind of uh, not lackluster because clearly they were doing some cool stuff with it and and the editing is really interesting and the way it's filmed is really interesting. The brief use of color, I didn't really understand what, like, because it's a black and white film for anybody who hasn't yeah, seen Raging the, Bull, the but there are like, there are, yeah, there's like two. It's just during like, that one montage yeah, sequence. Yeah, there's like two, like five second moments where it's in color and I, I just didn't think that there was any real point them doing that because it's just to it, distinguish that they're the home movies being shot i think yeah but it just stands um, but, out I mean, and it doesn't again, have any sort of weight to I it think usually it does, i mean now that i think now that you mentioned it i i didn't think of it as anything i was just like oh you're using color to distinguish that's a home movie but now that i think about it it almost is like during that montage sequence is when you're sort of a step back from lamada in a sense um and you're kind of watching his life kind of move from one it's it's right at the halfway point that that happens Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of watching his life move from one part of his life to another. And it's almost as though like he is, um, he's got, he's becoming more human in a sense as a, and the color makes you feel that like, because you, you're not seeing the, the violence in his life at all anymore. And, um, you're not seeing that because the rest of the movie is penetrated by his every single little part of it is is violent and during that sequence it's not anymore and and i feel like the 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 black and white gives a starkness and a contrast to that violence that the the color sequence doesn't have um and that's just my thoughts on it um i i just think typically when somebody does a black and white film and something is put in color usually that is supposed to have some weight to it you look at Things like uh, Schindler's well, what List. What do you mean by weight? Like, like there's supposed to be some sort of uh, deeper meaning, or this is really supposed to be paid attention to, or this is, you know, it's supposed to differentiate itself enough to stick out. 
and then to be meaningful. In Schindler's List, I you know, you think of the the little girl yeah. and I think she has like a red dress on and you're just paying attention and it's really supposed to just invoke a, an emotional response. Well, right. And where, in this, it's it, home movies that are shot that are separate from the but, rest of the tone of the rest of the movie completely. But I, I don't think it really evokes anything and it's too brief to for most people to even notice what's happening. Well, it's during I, that montage sequence where it's showing his actual life where he's like having, yeah. he's with his wife and his kids and well, it's separated from the violence of the boxing ring. But, it, but I think it doesn't really share much of a thematic uh undertone like it if they had done it if if they had done it multiple times where there were other moments where they brought the color in to to sort of match the tone of of each time they did it then it would kind of make a little more sense well but But just for them to do i'm I'm confused this doesn't make sense to me because it's it's just one choice that they made during the movie i don't know i'm just saying it's something that stood out to me that wasn't i don't think it was a very good choice on in, in terms of cinematography or and and that and and I guess it would maybe fall under editing as well. I just don't think it was a smart choice. I think they sh- at that point they should have kept it all black and white. But um, I, I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves. We should actually explain kind of what this movie is about if, for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, Raging Bull is a boxing movie following Jake LaMotta, who is this Italian boxer from the Bronx uh, in the 1940s, and it's kind of his development as both a family man and as a professional boxer, um, kind of starting mid-career for him, but he's kind of lower tier. Um, And it's kind of the rise and fall of his life, I suppose, would be a good way to summarize it. Um, You could summarize it that way, and I think that that's what a lot of uh, Scorsese's pictures get categorized into, is the rise and fall of X character. Um, but I think all of them are, are a little bit more different than that. Like I, you see that that term used all the time when talking about Scorsese's characters. But I feel like this one, at least this one specifically, doesn't really feel like a rise and fall to me. It feels like an ebb and flow almost in terms of the way that um, the the violent character uh, responds to uh, his career and then his family and how those two things kind of blend together and, and are inseparable like he doesn't he doesn't start at a point where he like you look at the godfather i'm gonna always go back to the godfather just because of very like an easy example you got michael who's separate from his family of crime and he was a war hero and now he comes back and then by the end of the movie he's become the head of of the corleone crime family so it's a it's a fall from from where he used to be whereas this you start out and he's already a wife or he's already beating his first wife he's already in the ring violent and those two things are already a part of each other and you see those things ebb and flow in and out of each other throughout the movie um so i wouldn't call it a rise and fall necessarily yeah, I suppose you're right because he is kind of at that point. I just think, and and I think it's more just fall in general, uh, not so much a rise because they don't seem to put a lot of weight into him like developing as a boxer and moving up the ranks and stuff. Right. It's not. It's not a. It's not like Rocky where you're going to yeah. end up with he, him having the big fight and you're going to train for the big fight and then we're going to have the big fight. Yep. It, it's it's much more so a drama that has sports in it. And, um, and well, what, not not just in it. It's not just slapped on top. They're very much a part of what's going on. But it's not like so much whether oh, is he going to win or is he going to lose? That's not, mm-hmm. not that's not what it's about. What year did Rocky come out? Seventy seven. I think it is seventy seven. Mm, no, because Star Wars came out in seventy seven. Yep. And Rocky and Annie Hall won Best Picture the year that Star Wars came out. Um, mm-hmm. So and Rocky also won Best Picture. So it couldn't have been that year. Maybe Rock Solo came out seventy six. Rocky came out seventy six. Yeah. Okay, I knew it was right there. Like yeah. so, so that actually predates this film by four years, which is crazy. Right, which is interesting because you look at these two, and these are kind of the two iconic boxing films um, and, of, of all time, really. And I mean, I sorry to say, but I still think Rocky is probably better than this. But. I've never actually seen Rocky start to finish. Mm. I, unfortunately, it's like the top of my list of shame, honestly. Um, but so I can't speak to that. But um, I have seen like like creed and i love creed um and i and i like rocky too um but i feel like raging bull is just functioning on like a deeper level in terms of like it's rocky is very much like a crowd pleaser in a lot of ways um it's very much a a start to finish narrative you get um you know whereas raging bull is, is much more of a drama it has a lot more um symbolism that's the thing that i took away from this the most is just the way that in terms of like poeticism almost where scorsese is using um he's paying attention to things that you don't normally pay attention to and then allowing them to to fire back and comment upon each other like the fact like every time we go back to to like uh like uh, the copacabana 
and you and and then the the diff the diff the one guy is up there um the one fat guy is up there giving his comedic speech and then at the end or give, he's doing stand-up and then at the end that's where that's where he's going to be and you see them look at each, like it's just that type of stuff where it's like people in positions and then that happen or or the stake at the beginning that comes back towards the middle and then you see how each it's situationally the two things different from each other and then like the fact his his weight gain throughout the thing that has to relate to the stake and the way he eats and then how he see him at the beginning like all so those, symbolism and foreshadow well it, yeah, foreshadowing typically referred to as like plot stuff more so. Um, okay, this isn't so. a super plot heavy movie, but I just in terms of like the way that and or like even the scene with her with when he like just pays attention to her to to Vicky, I think her name is her mm -hmm. legs like kicking in the water and slow like just stuff like that where it's like you just you you get the. <sighs> He's using the camera to communicate stuff visually and then and then across time in the film. So the one thing visually happens at this point and then another thing visually happens at those at this point and they look the same. So you can allow them to come back. Like this is just what the what different what good movies do. It, they use their 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 visual design to to create meaning and this is what this movie's doing. Um mm -hmm. and that, and it allows for a, a, a deeper uh <sighs> It's it is a deeper level of feeling that's a little bit more difficult to describe than than Rocky, or I don't know another example of a sports movie or Hoosiers or whatever where it's like oh we're gonna win at the end of the day where this like no he's like punching a wall at the end of this smashing his face on it because he's so sad <laughs> like it's it's a different type of thing for sure mm. yeah like it's just difficult and to compare for me well we can and there's nothing wrong with Rocky either like there's nothing wrong with that type of movie I, I they're they're well. they're they're, they're they're not, it's not even necessarily doing trying trying to do different things. It's just they're different. They're they're different movies that have different goals, and I think that both of them accomplish them uh, in their yeah. own way. Yeah, and and I'm I'm sorry. It's just it's hard to not compare them given the era. They're only four years apart. No, they're, I they're got you. I'm just both, saying I don't think the comparison is 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 worth. I, I suppose. Worth it at all. Like, what I, what are you gonna? What's the point of it? I suppose a better movie to compare Rocky to maybe would be like Bleed for This. That's a really good boxing movie, or like. Um, there's a number of other ones, but I mean, you said Creed, like but that's Warrior. A, yeah, uh, War, I really liked Warrior a lot, actually. But um, do you want to start getting into the stores then, Gideon? Yeah. For this one. Um, so our first category is first impression. Just so you know, you're making a pretty bad first impression. Yeah. So this was my actual first time ever seeing this movie. It had kind of it's it was kind of down on my bucket list, but. When, when you suggested this, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, you know, because this and and it was between this and Taxi Driver, and I actually haven't seen either. I think Taxi Driver so, is better, just for the record. But. I, I, I probably would, ag uh, would agree, because I've seen little bits of it, and it, it seemed pretty solid. I pretty much had gone into this not seeing anything about Raging Bull. I just knew Robert De Niro is a boxer in it, and that's it. And I felt that this film was kind of boring. It was pretty depressing. You don't I mean, it's it, none of the characters are really likable, um, and when Those are both true statements, uh, but, not the boring part, I don't think, but it, it's definitely depressing, and the characters are not likable. Well, well, but when when there's nobody that you as an audience member are supposed to like connect to, then then it's just kind of lame, and then there's this disconnect, and that's why you stay so bored in this whole thing. To me, that's that's how I felt, and 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 Jake is just like such an awful protagonist and I don't mean awful yeah, as in like badly written but just he's just a terrible person it's yeah. like why are we supposed to care about this guy why are we supposed to root for him because I'm a terrible person that's <laughs> what it comes down to well I, I don't end up I don't end up rooting for him at any point and I'm just like whatever well you know, it depends the, on what you mean by like root for him like do you like want you, him to you, win want him, you, you want his life to be better you want like you yeah. want him to win these titles it's like no this guy doesn't deserve it he's he's a terrible person he's an yeah. awful jealous wife beating person that yep. just that just you know can't can't seem to get a grip on things and and yep. no he's it's just like that's, why oh, why should true. I why should I want him to succeed i don't think you're supposed to want him to succeed it's it's this it's the i was the thing that i found the most profound about this about this that i had completely forgotten from the first time is is at the end um it cuts a, there's back quote, to 58 no, no no there's a quote after after that hmm. where it says um we're talking about the blind man in john chapter 9 i think um who says to the pharisees the pharisees ask him um whether the man who healed him was a sinner and he says he answered whether he is a sinner i do not know one thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. And I was just like, and then below that it says, um, 
I think it said, oh, shoot, what did it say? Scors- it said, thank you from Scorsese to his um, teacher. Teacher, right, in the, in the church, I think, which I found just very profound because it's like a personal statement from him. And it's like, okay, so how does that relate to like what he's trying to say with everything that came before that? Mm. Um, and And I think on a certain level, it's like, well, who's the Pharisee in this situation and who's the blind man in this situation? Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. I haven't had the time. Like, I'm, I, there's just something so profound about that to me about, about, about being blind and, be, and, and seeing and, and seeing, looking back and looking back on this and having been blind, looking at that now seeing and opening your eyes at what the movie is actually trying to say. Like, the, I think, the blind man is whoever Jake is beating to a pulp and his eyes are swollen shut. That's the blind man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But I think it's like I see. I, I'm not. I I, I I don't know what it means other than I think it means something. And I and I and if and it be another movie I just watched. Um, Mirror's Crossing. I'll tell you why he put it in. What he meant. He meant to get an Oscar. That's what he meant. He wanted it to be deep. He wanted it to be much more than it is. And I think that's that's why he threw that in there. But I, but the, it's a movie about sinning and about and about. Um, about being in this place of, of sin and, and stuck there. So like, and so like, I think at the end he's saying, what do you have to be do to be taken out of that position? Many, um, and, and you've got cross imagery all the way throughout this film too, uh, in, in Lamada's bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, well, that's, a, he's an, he's an, an Italian dude in the 1940s. Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, that's not there on accident either. Um, let's move on to scores. Uh, well, my first impression is eight for this. Ooh. I'm, I'm, um, it's close to a nine. I think I really do think this is something super profound, although not necessarily personal to me in a sense. Um, I think it's a great movie. It's just normally normally great movies that are that are more personal to me. I rate above an eight. Whereas eight to me, eight is honestly a perfect score. Um, I've come to read like eight out of ten, eight out of ten. I look at it as like an eight out of eight, and then but anything above that is just like more personal to me. Honestly, okay, that's interesting. I I would give this a five. I probably will never need to rewatch this film. It was okay, but because it was so boring and there's just no character you can really, really uh, identify with if you're a normal. I feel like if you're a normal person, like okay, well then if that's the case, though, like look at look at Scorsese's other movie, like or look at any movie really, like identify with. Uh, you look at something like Goodfellas or whatever. There's no real good people in that movie either, but it's all fascinating. And I think the same is true. If you, I mean, yeah, Goodfellas well, is more, more like whiz bang, fast pacing, bigger action. Like it's and it's it's much more trying to 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 glorify what's happening. Or The Wolf of Wall Street, for example, is glorifying. Well, what's also what's interesting well, about but, those but films with this, with this under undercurrent of like condemning them at the same time. It's like Scorsese is great at doing that, but I think Raging Bull is much much less intended to like say, look at how fun this is. Like this is well, this is. Well, great here, right it's very much so like like well here's the big difference between those even though you're making an argument that maybe you wouldn't be able to um latch onto characters you're at least watching it to see this different way of life in both of those examples wolf of wall street because not many people know what it's like to be making millions of dollars off of the stock market and having these giant mansions and all this other stuff here it's kind of like right you know vicarious that's living and the film and, is specifically and, condemning you for wanting to live vicariously through its own characters okay but i'm just saying it keeps your interest because you don't get to see that every day right and the, and the same thing with or being interested by it <laughs> and the same thing goes for goodfellas where you don't get to see kind of the inner workings of what it was like to be a mob guy in the 60s and 70s and then now you get to see that, um, right? And it's so it, so the, in in those films, it's 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 glorified, and you and you want to vicariously live through this. Whereas that's what I'm saying. Like we're raised raging bull. It's doing the exact same thing. Like it's making you live through this guy's shoes. Except it's just it's just much more ostensibly terrible. Whereas right. those other films really should be just as bad as this is. It's just this, it, you know what I mean. Like he's doing he, he's doing this exact same thing. The only difference is that here is just much more stark. No, it's much more obvious how bad it is. So it's just less fun. No, here, here but just being less fun doesn't make it any less great of a movie. You know what I mean? But, but here, if they wanted to do that, the same thing... Well, it's not supposed other, to be fun, though. That's what I'm I mean. Not, I'm not saying that. Listen, Gideon. I'm, if, you, if, if there was an aspect of life they wanted to show in here, i.e. like the, the boxer's life, then they should have focused on that more. But instead, what they do is uh, focus on a really broken family life in, 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 a, in, 
and that's it. That like they don't well, ever right, make the, any the, big deal about but his the family career or anything itself like that. Is specifically influenced by his boxing career, like and those two things are the movie. I think its argument over its entire its broadest argument is that those two things are inextricably connected no, to each other. It's, is it's, that his family life cannot be different from his his boxing life, and his boxing life cannot be different from his family life. He's angry in both of them, and he never will be able to separate those two things. And that's why he he punches people in the ring just as much as he punches people in his family life. I feel like we're kind of getting into the story category here, so I'll save I'll save the uh, audio uh, tidbit here, and just we can kind of get right into it. Um, our scores for story, I I really didn't find it that enthralling. I think they should have focused more on the boxing elements and less on the family life stuff. That was just like just ridiculously outland, not outlandish, like it couldn't ever happen. But it just seemed like, come on, you like how is he? that bad on a moral compass to be doing these things and to not realize that he's got a problem and it's not the other people around him and like it just it the way it was written it just it it just doesn't doesn't grab somebody i think and i i think the story is probably where it really falls short more than anything and i'm probably going to give it a three oh geez okay because i mean you want you you go in this wanting to watch the boxing there's like three prolonged boxing scenes but they're I mean they're they're shorter but they're not like part of those brief montages where you see like two punches and then it cuts to the next guy and then well, I, but don't you think to a certain extent that you bring a criteria to the film that wasn't that you prescribing to it rather than taking the film on its own merits like the movie's not not trying to be a boxing or it's not trying to be a a, a, a sports movie in the same way that rock like that's what I'm saying it's not it's not trying to be we're going to watch Rocky win the day and watch him build up his career. Like, that's just not what this movie well, is. You it's using the boxing for a to, greater purpose, honestly. He doesn't have to win the day, but just make it interesting. Don't just skip by it. You know, if you have a story to tell about his boxing career, then tell that story. Don't, then don't. I don't know. Either, either you they focus. They tell that story, though. Like, they show how he kind of starts out in the ring. And no, they, they skip around a ton of stuff. I mean, when he had two, a two-year suspension from boxing, they don't even... You, you see it in a newspaper, and then they cut to when he's back to it. It's like, what happened there? Well, what about his career? How did he? Though. How did like, he adjust I, himself? How did he develop as a person after he realized, oh, I just did this awful thing, and now I'm suspended? What did he do for work? How did he support his family? But now uh, that's part of what they're trying to say. But they could, sh <laughs> if you want to focus on him adjusting and trying to. He's a protagonist. He wants, I mean, you, you you want that person to better themselves or to, to make some effort. If they're going to focus so much on a family life, then show those elements of him trying to become a better family man, but he doesn't. And and I don't know. I feel like they, they missed a lot of opportunities in both the boxing part and the lifestyle part. And because of that, that's why it gets a three for me. I mean, to me, it just sounds like you're trying to write the movie for the people who wrote the movie. <laughs> like, that's just not what they're trying to, that's not what it's trying to talk about. I'm trying to make some improvements. Well, I'm saying not, this not, is what they could have done. It's it's a badly, I think it's badly written. And I think that if they had changed this, this, and this, it could have, it would have got a higher score for me because that's how I, I mean, obviously that, yeah. the, my suggestions are how I would have done it, but it sounds, it sounds narcissistic, but it's just, it's just how I'm, I'm processing it, I guess. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think this movie is has just a. Uh, we've talked about the character study. That, I mean, it's, I'm trying to think of, of character studies to compare this to. Like, um, you can see There Will Be Blood might be a good example um, in terms of like a character who you're you're who's not really a good person who doesn't really do anything good ever, um, who's terrible to his kid, who's really only doing things to find success in the oil business. Um, who's very angry by the end of the movie. Um, and I think you watch it because you see a part of yourself in that. Like you see, and, and you, and you, it's honestly really sad and kind of scary. <laughs> um, like it's something that it forces you to confront in yourself and it's, and it's showing more, it's like, it's more concerned with his, his character and his development as a character rather than all the little intricacies of the plot in his life. Like, it doesn't matter where he got, how he got to this one place. It doesn't matter. Like compare this to like after hours, Scorsese's after hours where the guy is like, it's concerned about, okay, so he's got to get to this one place. And then because he lost this one thing, you got to get, it's very much a plot centered movie where it's like, or all this kind of coincidence has happened to get this kid from this guy from one place to another. And you're watching every single little step across along the way as he gets there. And that's a fascinating movie, but I think he, it's much more centered on like it's only showing you the events in his life that that matter in terms of developing his character if it doesn't develop his character further you're not going to see it um, i don't i don't think his character so, really develops that's 
That's my take Develop on it. in terms of, of, of being more well-rounded rather than changing. He's not a changing character, but yeah, he's, you're he's seeing more of who he is and, and developing him um, in terms of making going from f- from like seeing l- less of him to seeing more of, of who he is across across his life. And and part of the tragedy that's happening here is that he's, he's not changing. So so what I'm, I don't mean to cut you off. Just what's your score for story? Then? My score for story. I'll give this an eight. Um, yeah. OK. Uh, acting. I think everybody's pretty decent in it. Um it's interesting to see Joe Pesci kind of being like the the smart guy, like this the smarter, more wise brother, it seems, and the one that kind of is more level headed. Um, which is kind of level usually level headed. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a weird role reversal for him. I think. I think overall, everybody He's actually d- level headed in this. Like he, there's several times where he goes off the rails as well. Not, um, not specifically a- because he's been influenced by his brother. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like when he smashes the guy in the club with the glass. Well, yeah, that. But but there's a but there's a difference. I mean, there's, no, there's when his brother's when his brother's like telling him to punch him, yeah. and he's like, and he's no, like, no, I'm not no, going to do it. I'm not going to. Yeah. Or when his brother accuses no. him of of sleeping with his wife, he's like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to answer. Right. That. He so stays calm, a, and he's like, that's something that doesn't usually happen. But with he Joe still Pesci, has but. that. He still has that turn that that undercurrent of anger that Joe Pesci always has. Really, like he he's got that. He's like he's like he's almost better at at keeping it down, but he still gets angry. It's and it's also angry in a different way though it's like almost uh um like vengeance rather than pure anger that 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 de niro has if that makes sense like he's Mm -hmm. doing things specifically um in reaction whereas de niro is just pulling anger up out of nowhere he's not reacting he's just literally getting mad for no reason yep um which really is what the boxing ring is doing is you you have to force yourself to get mad when you have no actual conflict with the other person yeah i I mean and i will say the acting i think is really the strong point of this whole thing and and i will probably give the acting an eight here um i will go eight as well um then uh our next category here is look and feel and I think the decision to go black and white here was actually a mistake. Nah. Because... This is one of the best black and white cinematography I've ever seen, honestly. No, I, I think it's a mistake because one, it, it re, I mean, you can argue that it was intentional, but I think it really makes... It dates well, it's, this movie. definitely It dates this movie. It dates the... I mean, no, it doesn't. There I think it does. fully in color by I'm, I'm fully aware of that, but it makes this seem way, way earlier than 1980, but well, not in a good way. But not in a good way. You feel like you're watching a film that's from the 40s, and, well, and, it, and it feels like it has the same type of character dynamics, and there's been no... Uh, it, just, it just doesn't feel like it's a movie f- from the 80s, even though you know it is. I don't... And it just... It just it, I think filmmaking had developed in a positive way from from this, and this film tries to regress to an older, a much older style, not just in the visual aspects, but uh, but in the way that everybody's acting and the character dynamics and all this other stuff. I feel like it goes to a, a place that film had already moved past, and it it and it just kind of was like. Uh, Scorsese was just literally trying to remake a type of movie that doesn't exist and wasn't palatable anymore, and and, and I and that's why I'm not uh, a big fan of that. And so and and also then I've already talked about it. The, the brief use of color then negates from any sort of effect the black and white is supposed to have. You don't, don't see in the lighthouse all the of a sudden black and white, in, in the lighthouse they don't all of a sudden just go from black and white to color for 15 seconds and then never use color again. Okay, that it just it just totally is like when you throw I that in there. Hung up on a decision that just is not. It bo- it bothered me because I was like, okay. why why use color for this moment? It didn't make sense to use it for that moment. And if you're gonna just, it's either you go all in or you don't at all. Like you you. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So I don't know. Look and feel. Probably a five for me. Um, this really is one of the. I mean, I thought of. Um, Citizen Kane in terms of the way that this movie's using black and white and shadows and smoke like all all of that stuff is just astonishing. I this really black and white lends a certain simplicity um to what's happening on screen. Um a lot of time color can be distracting um if you're not using it in a certain in a certain way. Um and this kind of takes away that that facade to a certain extent like it doesn't have the the color to 
Like there's the, the blood is not is not there. It's just it's just liquid that, that that blends in with the sweat. They're no different from each other. In the in and or like when you got the 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 sponge that they kind of put on top of him and squish it out. Like you can't tell if it's sweat or blood or water or whatever. It's just it's just pure. Uh, uh, masculine energy, really. I mean, that's another thing that we're trying to tackle is masculine energy. But like um, the simplicity that the that the black and white brings to it, it it cuts different. Like it, it just, it, 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 again, it feels like a punch to the face. Is really what this movie feels like. And if it's in color, it, the, the movie's not the same. It doesn't do that um, because because really, black and white is what makes the movie. Um, feel as stark and 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 at certain times it makes it feel empty like that like in the cell um at the very end when it's all black and white and it's just the whole screen is black except for the one patch of light that's breaking in you can you can um, still you nearly can do that even see him like it's it's got the it's got this um the this energy to it that that feels empty to a certain extent um, and that and that accomplishes what the movie's trying to do, and it's definitely using the black and white uh, in a, in a very purposeful way. I feel like, and and to great effect too. Um, and again, the use of shadows, and we I haven't even talked about the editing in terms of look and feel yet. Um, this is some of the best editing you've ever seen because you've got the 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 whiz bang kind of like every single punch you feel in in, in the in the boxing scenes because it's just very much. Uh, uh, Edited to the like, there's a there's a rhythm to what's happening there in the, in the boxing scenes that 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 just you just you just feel the the ebb and flow again ebb and flow is what this movie's going for in a lot of ways, um, and you feel that in in terms of how it kind of like speeds up in the boxing scenes and then slows down when you get into the family life and then picks up again in the family life when you get into faster editing when they when the when the violence is breaking out again, um, looking feels a ten for me one hundred percent okay. Uh, then lastly, we'll do effect here. Um, I I was bored and depressed coming out of this, and at least with Whiplash, I wasn't bored. I mean, <laughs> I came out of that depressed, but I, I wasn't bored with that movie. And and the effect in this was just just lame. And I was like, why? I don't. I didn't understand the hype. And this is probably again going to be probably a three. I can appreciate the boxing moments, but again, it's like any momentum that the movie had going into it uh, by by the end of the 1965 era of this, which is kind of like the, the last, chronologically the last part of his life you get to see when he's in that cell you're talking about, like they, they shouldn't have cut back to 1958. I think that killed the ending momentum and they should have ended on the logical point there of just ending in the night in the cell. Um, cutting back to 1958 did nothing for the story. That's where the beginning happens though. It's showing that the change is not happening. That's literally the point of that. You're complaining about why the movie has no change when that's literally there to show you why that's happening. <laughs> he, 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 it's still, he isn't changing. He's not improving. He's not doing no, anything. That's He's what just I'm trying saying. To the beginning and the end are the exact same. And the movie is doing that to show you that there is no change. I, I, it's still, I, I, I'm not seeing the movie trying to tell me there is no change with okay, with, with that else? use of that with the way we, the way you're saying here by interjecting that 1958 scene with his, him and his brother. I just think it should have ended without without doing that scene, or you put that scene in chronologically, like they had done with the entire rest of the movie. That was the only time they've ever like I, I, maybe it happened one other time, but I I don't remember it. But where they cut to a like they didn't go chronologically in in jumps forward, and then they cut back. I don't know. It's so yeah, effect is probably a three. Um, again, this is a difficult movie to judge for effects because it doesn't make you feel good. Um, but I think it, it achieves what it's trying to achieve with 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 music, especially. Um, we didn't talk about that, but I, I it's again, it's just very sad, and it accomplishes what it's trying to set it out to do. I think this is a nine for me for effect. Okay. Um, well, then when we come back here in about thirty seconds, we'll uh, have the stores and then start getting into Shutter Island here. So stick around. Hi, I'm Vicki Barker, host of World Update from the BBC. When you first get up in the morning, the day's well underway for us here in London. Our staff's been tracking the most newsworthy stories from around the globe, preparing reports and interviews with people at the heart of the day's events. All this before breakfast. Think of it as your personal wake-up call from London, Monday through Friday on World Update. Coming up at 4 a.m. here on WRST-FM Oshkosh. And we're back here on 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen. I'm your host, Max, and joining me here is Gideon. And uh, we've been briefly talking about uh, Raging Bull here, and uh, we'll be getting to the scores of that in just a few moments. But uh, 
to start us off here, we're going to be talking now about another Scorsese film called Shutter Island. And uh, this came out in 2010. It uh, features Mark Ruffalo, Leonardo DiCaprio, and I'm trying to remember uh, the actor he uh, who plays... Ben Kingsley, maybe? Ben Kingsley, yeah. yes, who plays like the uh, lead doctor at this psych hospital um, in the middle of the yeah. Atlantic Ocean, like 11 miles off of the coast of Boston. And um, I got the score for Raging Bull, by the way. Um, what's the score? 67 out of 100, which puts it at the same score as Godzilla versus Kong, the 2021 masterpiece. Hey, where I, I, would much, I would watch that a lot more than I would watch Raging lizard. Bull. But that is kind of funny. It happens to be two fight movies. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, with Shutter Island, I, this is a, a Scorsese film. I enjoyed a lot more. Um, it it was much much better filmed, and the story made, worked better, and it has a much more solid arc to it, and just everything about this, I think, improved. Uh, and it shows that I think Scorsese definitely improved in thirty years of filmmaking, going from nineteen eighty to twenty ten. And he, um, yeah, he's definitely he he got better. I mean, I I sometimes some filmmakers people like think that they've always been good and some people definitely improve over the years and I think after watching Raging Bull and then comparing it to what Scorsese was doing in the 2010s like Boardwalk Empire and stuff like that too um, I, I definitely I would say he improved I, I he's all he's always been good man <laughs> like everything he's made since the beginning of his career has just been straight up amazing like I don't know everything that I've seen at least um, like starting with Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, uh, even The Departed in 2006. Again, I already mentioned After Hours, um, Kings of New York Casino, like all of that stuff coming before Shutter Island. Like, And Shutter Island's great too. Um, don't get me wrong. Like I love all of them. I just don't think he's like, he's isn't, like I don't see Shutter Island as this a massive improvement as this landmark step in his career of something that's just like amazing compared to the rest of his work. Like it's a good movie in his, in his filmography mm. um, to me. I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it, and I actually liked it more than I thought I would. Um, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I never saw the whole thing. And uh, after seeing the whole thing, I, I like it even more, and um, it's just great. It's about this guy who is a U.S. Marshal. Him and his partner are going to investigate a missing patient at this um, this loony bin, I guess, and on this on this isolated island. And uh, we're spoilers for this. I feel like we have to because like. And also, no, let's not. Do, no, because that kind of ruins it. Okay, we can't. We but that's can't. my point. Is that I don't think it does. <laughs> at I, least, I, mean, I at least want to say that Gideon, just please don't do the spoilers. Okay. No, like, I, I, yeah, knowing okay. this, I, I think definitely kind of ruined this movie a little bit for me because I knew kind of the big thing. But that's that my happens. point. That's what I'm trying to say. Is I don't think it's a big thing. Like watching this a second time, it's very much like a. <sighs> it almost feels like Raging Bull to a certain mm. extent. Where it's like uh, an ebb and flow type thing almost, where it's rather than like, compare this to, sorry, finish your synopsis. Well, no, I'm just saying, so so they're looking for this missing patient who's at this uh, at this place and something seems up. It's very heavily armed, like there are correctional officers there and there's there seems to be something that's very off about this place and you don't know what and these two marshals are trying to kind of figure it out uh, and... That's all I'm going to say about the plot because I really think the mystery aspect of this makes this movie and knowing it almost kind of um, kind of ruins it the next time you watch it just a little bit. But I I really so the, enjoyed this. This was my second time watching this and I, I enjoyed it way more um, specifically because I don't think that the quote-unquote twist. It's not the same twist as like The Sixth Sense, whereas The Sixth Sense, you get you get your build-up, you get your whole thing, the ending, this big whammy moment, everything before that falls into place, whatever. Here, you get to the end, and it tells you what's going on, and it's like, well, I've kind of known that what's been going on, like, it very much is like a subtle... If you look back, none of this movie makes any sense. None of the plot, it's all nonsense. And that's the that's the whole point of what you're getting getting at at the end, right? But like, if you follow this logically, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. His entire character up until that point feels like, you know, like it, 
it 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 really it just the whole thing and it but that's my but that's what makes this movie so interesting to me is that it really does feel like the same it feels like Scorsese through and through it doesn't feel like a typical thriller where the plot matters a lot more than it does where there's little physical elements that are going to come back like like you look at a Hitchcock movie and you're going to have uh, a key planted in in act one that's going to pay off 30 minutes later and whenever and that's what's going to happen in a typical like t hitchcock type thriller there's no key here there's no uh little tiny things that are going to be planted like it's all very much uh, a tone poem almost like it's it's scorsese again doing a character study using like thriller and horror uh tone and thriller and horror um genre uh, vibes but mm -hmm. not the plot elements it's it, it's very much like look, we're only showing you things that are relevant to him like you you look at uh those any any flashbacks the care the leo character is having like those have nothing to do with what's going on we're literally just seeing those just the the vibe with his character really it's just to get to know him better it doesn't have anything to do with the actual plot aside from the fact that he's whatever like it's so hard to talk about any any well, great you can say that he's like a he's a he's a veteran and he was one of the liberating uh soldiers at at dachau right but that, none of that stuff necessarily has to do with the 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 investigation plot happening on shutter island yeah um, i mean it well, does it, it does towards the end a little bit right. but um but yeah i'm not gonna get into any spoilers here i still think people should watch it but let's uh start getting into our stories so first impression was this your first time seeing this film gideon or when did you no, first see it i had seen it uh again probably around the same time i first watched raging bull um and i didn't really like it then i, I at least i hated the ending because i was a stupid teenager um I, I was just like, this is dumb. I don't, they don't know what they're doing, which obviously they, they do know what they're doing. I'm an idiot. Um, I, before that, I would just, I just was like, I, I, it's, it's that movie where you hear there has a twist in it and then you're disappointed by the twist because you heard there was a twist in it. I think that's so stupid. Um, when people are like top 10 movies that have a twist, like whatever, like the, Oh yeah. That, like <laughs> some, and then I watched those when I was uh, that age and it's just stupid. Mm. Um, because this movie's not trying to do that. It's not. You can't categorize this movie along with those type of. It movies. does and it doesn't. It's a weird line. It's it's like right on the line. Right. Um. You're uh, you're you are, you are right about that. And um. You know, typically I like to um. Say that I I disagree with these twists. Um, you know, like Sixth Sense. I I don't necessarily subscribe to okay. that to that twist but this one i i do agree with this the, how, okay the, okay that is completely baffling to me because in the sixth sense you can't there's no room for disagreement it's literally this is what's happening whereas this movie it's specifically telling you that you're allowed to disagree with it like it specifically says you it doesn't have to be the way that we say it is like there's room for error like there's a whole bunch of different pleads that are planted that says it doesn't have to be that way like it literally says that dude i've so can like how <laughs> Well, I don't know this one. This one, I, 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 I kind of follow it the way you're supposed to follow. But six cents, six cents. I, I just it, it. What? There, just there's so enough room. There's enough wiggle room there to to say but no. This one they're, literally what they're says trying before to, it happens, a character literally says, "Well, this isn't the way that it necessarily is." There's and there's a whole bunch of different things, and none of it like it, they literally say in the movie, "This isn't the way it necessarily has to be." I mean, you can describe that if you want to, but in the sixth sense, he's dead. There's no other two ways around it. <laughs> no, there is. No, there isn't. This is. <laughs> not an arguable fact. It's just the way it is. I like literally. I do not understand that at all. Like I, I don't get that at all. <laughs> He's dead. There's you can't argue with that. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! I didn't uh, think you would get so. Well, no, the reason why I'm so excited about it is because I literally pointed this out when I watched this movie. Is that they're two completely different things. Where one is specifically saying it's hard, and this one is specifically saying it's not. So that's why it's just so interesting to me. Mm. I don't know, man. It's just how I'm wired. But uh, <laughs> but for first impressions, I mean, this is the first time I ever watched it all the way through. And I was very pleased with this film. Um, I'm going to actually give it a nine. I really, really, really like this film more than I thought I would. And uh, everything from the the visual aspects of it to the way it's written to just the acting, just everything was really solid. It's probably not one of my all-time favorite films. It's, it didn't wow me like one of those do. But... This is definitely a nine movie for me. Yeah, I this is an eight for me. I again, it's it's pretty much 
like I said, I, I'm, I've got this new theory about how eight is a perfect score for me. Um, and I think this is really just a perfect movie that doesn't necessarily become one of my favorites, but it's pretty much like it's nothing right. wrong with it. So you um, tell me if we came across a movie that was like perfect from us, the best it would probably do would be a 98. No, that's what I'm saying. My point is that the numbers <laughs> don't matter to begin with. The numbers are pointless. I don't get the point. And like literally for me, the numbers are just a talking point more than anything. It's not like a thing. It's like, oh, this movie's an eight. It's not better than that. It's not worth Like it's just whatever. Um, I shouldn't have drank so much caffeine before I came to this uh, <laughs> recording. <laughs> but, um, all right, um, an eight for first impression. An eight for That's first impression funny. for me. On the story. Story. I really liked the story for this, and I think it's cool the way that they, they handle the, the beats to this, and slowly there's a degradation of everything. Yeah. And um, that's shown through a number of different, like, non-verbal things and and just a lot of aesthetics in this that just everything slowly is um i guess kind of like disintegrating and um i really liked that and i think there's just a lot of cool things that they did with this film that aren't extremely outlandish but they're they're just they're just well done and simple but they don't need to be any more than that and it was it was just very well done and and uh, for story I think I would give this a nine as well. Um, I think again for me the story is difficult to rate because like Raging Bull, it's very much more interested in the in visually communicating things and having little tiny motifs uh, develop throughout the film rather than than the plot being like a it's not it's not an Avengers movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, where they have to go get the one thing to defeat the one guy to, to win the whatever. Like, it's it's very much uh, using visual development to, to show who this character is. Um, so a story is just a little bit more difficult to write because it's just a different type of thing than you typically talk about. Um, and I really like that about what this does. Um, I think this is an eight for me. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I've... I, I can't really say enough about this this story just because I don't want to spoil anything. But um, I mean, I could talk for probably another fifteen minutes on the story and just why I like it. And but yeah, it. Um, I, I think we're just moving on here then to our next category, which is acting. And um, this was, I think, the first movie I ever saw Mark Ruffalo in. Um, like literally. Well, the first time I ever saw like a clip from this movie was the f first time I think I had ever seen Mark Ruffalo in a film. So then when he was in like the 2012 Avengers, I was like, hey, it's the dude from Shutter Island. Like, cool. That's, that was honestly like, but I was like, where, where's, uh, where's, uh, <laughs> um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking now? Um, where's Will Graham, <laughs> you know? So Ed Norton from the 2004 Red Dragon or 2002 Red Dragon when he played Will Graham, that was how I associated him like with the Hulk too. So it's just kind of funny. Um, but yeah, this was probably the first place I had ever seen Mark Ruffalo in anything. Um, he does really well. I like him in this. Uh, every time I see Mark Ruffalo in a movie, I like him a little more. And so this, this he was great. Leonardo DiCaprio is fantastic. Ben Kingsley's always great in pretty much everything he does. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was really good. Um, and by the way, I just want to say some of the dream sequences for this, like seeing Leonardo DiCaprio on that after seeing Inception just kind of felt a little Inception-y well, to me. No, I, I agree with you. I did, I did notice that, especially with the, with the wife stuff. Um, yeah. And the dream and the unreality, whatever or not. Like, <laughs> it just did, felt like there would be a Inception moment where. From it, and it came out in 2010 as well. Yep. Um, so you do, I, I also got Inception vibes, but it's not the, it does, it's not this, I, Vibes is not the right word. It's just like this. It's just like weird intellectual things. It's not even the same emotion that you're feeling. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's kind of the same thing that happened there. Yeah, a little tonal, completely different tonal similarities. I don't know. Yeah. It, but it was just fun to see those. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for them to be like, you know, uh, some some music in the background or something. You're for a train. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the acting is phenomenal. I can't think of a single um, bad actor in this. So I would actually probably say, uh, I think a nine here as well. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody had like the greatest performance I'd ever seen from them or anything like that. Yeah. And there wasn't a character that I would rank up there in the best characters of all time, but I, uh, I would give this a nine for sure. I gave Raging Bull an eight. And I think this has about, I don't think this has better performances than Raging Bull necessarily. I think I'll give this an eight as well. So for every category um, so far, we've done yeah, nines and eights. Leo, you're right. Leo's great. Um, <laughs> uh, he's got this, this, crazed energy to him 
Uh, I feel like every movie he film. every movie he does now, he always has to like do like this really like this huge stream. He's always got one now. He's like, one of the Wolf of Wall Street, the best, where he's like pounding his chest and stuff. He's got that, but yeah. I mean, when he's yelling at the dinner table in Django and this, it's like in yeah. the pond he's screaming and like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the, in the trailer is the best, where he's like, yeah. have four whiskey sours. Ah. Yeah, there's all, so there's always that's like a thing with him, just like uh, Owen Wilson with Wow, you know, it's like couldn't stop before I had to Whatever he but, does in the, I love, that that freak out scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like probably the best part of the movie, honestly. Yep. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I think the acting was really solid. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off with that. It, oh, I didn't notice you cut. No. I didn't. Okay. Uh, well, we can then start moving on to look and feel. Um, I really, really, really love the aesthetics of this film. Um, just really cool style to it, cool time period, even though like you if you took away some of the cars, you couldn't tell what time period it would really be. Um, you know, but but just the way everything, the way it looks, this kind of um dark, uh cool uh lighting choices that they make, like yeah, you know, this like, bluish like bluish um super high contrast and kind of murky at the same time. Yep. Um which like it feels very uh evocative like the like the the rain and stuff and um and it, you don't see any like really bright nice colors until like the very end like i feel like that's the standout like everything is very um what would that be that would be undersaturated right like if it's all just kind of grayish and darker yeah. i feel like it's all a little bit like that until like the very last scene and i think that's a cool way of showing things and um, kind of mirroring this, some of the more, the bigger plot uh, developments um, that happen in the last few moments, which again, I won't spoil. Um, so that's that's cool too. I, I don't know, do you have anything to add if, or thoughts on the um, and feel of this? Yeah, I mean, Robert Richardson, who mostly works with Tarantino actually, um, but he's worked with Tar Scorsese a couple other times also. He's, he's doing cinematography here. Um, and I think it's just, it's genuinely, is just a lot of great stuff. Um, and again, Thelma Shoemakers, some of the stuff that she does with like discontinuity, if that makes sense, uh, is so great. Um, like the way she plays with continuity in this movie is just, I love so much. Um, again, we don't deserve her at all. Um, and that's probably one of the best parts of the movie, in my opinion. Again, she brings so much to, to Scorsese's pictures. Um, I will give this a nine out of 10. And I will also give it a nine. Um, yeah, I, I I love the look and feel of this, and I'm I'm like right on the border between nine and ten, but um, I don't know. Final category effect. Yeah, effect here. Uh, this one I was really really happy with how it turned out. It actually changed what I thought how I thought this movie was gonna go because I had never seen the full thing. I'd only seen the like pretty much the one scene with the twist, and I was like, oh okay. Um, so definitely improved it uh, and I, I think I'm nines all the way across the board here I think the nine I, I really like this film I would watch it again in a heartbeat um I'll go eight for effect I there's not again there's nothing I enjoyed watching it it's got this great delve into madness for sure um eight's my score uh which gives us a final score of 86 out of 100 which puts it at the same score or below the prestige and right above Fight Club. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair a fair placement for this. Um, an eighty six is pretty darn good for our for our score here. Um, so yeah, thank you for tuning in to Script to Screen here on ninety point three WRST FM Oshkosh. Coming up next is the Shuffle.